0: Sarcoma Insight Good day everyone. Welcome to this episode of Sarcoma Insight, your destination for education on benign and malignant tumors that affect bone and soft tissue brought to you by Elise and Izu. Uh, each episode we tackle a different topic in the field of sarcoma and orthopedic oncology. We discuss literature and also include experts uh, in our discussion today we'll be discussing biopsies staging and grading of tumors
1: yeah and i'm excited to talk about today's topic uh, i think it's something that w- comes up and is a, a will be a question for anyone who's being evaluated for uh, a new tumor lumper bump, as we say. So this is a very important part of the process. Right. Um, but before we get started, I think we just wanted to, since this is one of our earlier episodes, I think spend a little bit more time introducing our audience to uh, Izu and I. So uh, Izu and I have known each other for... I don't know how long at this point, like seven, eight years, Uh, maybe seven years. I
0: was going to say six, but what's the difference?
1: Yeah, I guess uh, somewhere in the five to seven or eight year age. But uh, yeah, in any case, I think we decided we met in Austin, Texas at a conference, most likely. I think that was the first time we first met each other um, in an SNMA conference there and We've continued to run into each other at conferences over the years, and you know we've never lived in the same city. But uh, uh, in the field of orthopedic oncology, it's a pretty small community, so you become fast friends with uh, all your all your colleagues and peers.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think when you have similar interests uh, with people, they sort of always seem to show up, and I think that's how we landed here. You know, I think we're both very, you know, passionate about educating. Uh, people, whether it be our patients or trainees, and I, I think it's something that we want to continue to build upon. You know, as we continue to progress in our in our
1: careers. Absolutely, absolutely. Sorry, that's your your word. I'm taking your catchphrase, but. Uh... <laughs>
0: <laughs> I always say absolutely. Absolutely, I, I, I did not. I did not realize that. <laughs>
1: uh, all right.
0: <laughs> Before we get into uh, this episode today, talking about biopsy, staging, and grading, and really when anyone has a sarcoma or a tumor, often the next discussion that comes up are these uh, things that we are talking about today, which are biopsies, staging, and grading.
1: Mm-hmm. I think the first question, what is a biopsy? So, easy. do you want to yeah. tackle this question?
0: Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll try. I mean, I think it's it's unlike last question, what is sarcoma? I think this is relatively more... Uh, on the straightforward path. Biopsies are really a way for us to obtain a tissue specimen uh, that is used for diagnostic purposes. All right. Uh, So often when we're looking to obtain a biopsy, this is when uh, someone has a mass or lesion um, and it requires us to to work them up. And when I say work them up, you are sort of in the information gathering process. So you're working towards being able to identify what the diagnosis is for someone, because that is what uh, allows uh, us down the road to be able to really create and develop a customized uh, treatment plan.
1: Exactly. And I love the way you said that. And I think that's really important for patients and family members in particular to understand is that the first one, two, three, or more visits are generally uh, a big part of this information gathering stage. So, there may not necessarily be a lot of answers that come at this point in time. There's a lot of that information that's gathered. So, and a biopsy oftentimes is uh, a part of that information gathering process. So,
0: yeah, and, and what other information? Um, I think, would would you want in a patient that's going to get a biopsy or you're thinking of a biopsy, uh, at least?
1: Yeah, so again, along with that information uh, gathering process, uh, imaging is very important in this. And there's different types of imaging that will be obtained for different types of lumps and bumps and tumors. Um, but generally, when a biopsy is being planned, which is that tissue sampling some type of cross-sectional imaging will be obtained, whether that's a CT, MRI, occasionally supplemented by other things like PET scan or bone scan, for example. Um, Those are some of the things that are important in um, being able to determine which area specifically is important to target for that biopsy. And then additionally, some other things are generally, or may be obtained as well, such as uh, labs, uh, laboratory specimens, uh, especially if someone's on blood thinners, um, depending on the type of biopsy that's obtained, which we'll go into a little bit later in the episode. Uh, if someone's on on blood thinners, then they may need to stop these, or at least let the laboratory values get to a level where it would be safer to do a biopsy without causing a lot of uh, bleeding.
0: Yeah. And I think you touch on uh, the uh, cross-sectional imaging, because once we start thinking of Doing anything invasive like a biopsy, uh, you really want to know where your the full extent of your tumor is or your lesion, and you want to know what its proximity is to the neurovascular structures, nerves, blood vessels in the area, uh, and where it's sitting, you know, in relation to fat, muscle, and bone, and all these sort of guide uh, in that planning step uh, for for the biopsy and. Along that, it also starts to work into how we stage uh, a patient, of stage uh, someone who has a tumor.
1: Yeah. So, do, do you want to go into that a little bit more about um, the staging process? I think that's kind of our third question: what is staging, and uh, how is this different for bone tumors? And yeah,
0: self-tumor? I mean, I think uh, since I already I already opened up that uh, that box, yeah. So, I, yeah, I think staging is is very important. It's really to simplify it is really trying to identify where, where is this person's tumor um, at, what is the full picture of the tumor when it's affecting their, uh, the person's and how it's affecting the person's entire body. So some things that we take into consideration uh, in terms of the tumor uh, is one, it's its size. So how large is the tumor? And often this is more common for, the soft tissue sarcomas, you know, last episode, we talked about soft tissue versus bone. Uh, the um, for soft tissue sarcoma is really looking at tumors that are over eight centimeters when we're looking at size. Other things that we look at um, when it comes to bone, is it within the compartment? So is it contained within the bone? Is it outside of the bone? Is there a soft tissue component? So uh, is the tumor growing outside of the bone and causing other problems? Uh, has the tumor metastasized. So are there other foci of lesions, whether it be in the same bone, whether it be going to lymph nodes or lungs and certain sarcomas have a predilection for, um, for going to other places to skip lesions, like an osteosarcoma would, or going to lymph nodes, like a synovial sarcoma would. and, and almost a lot of the sarcomas we deal with uh, also like to go to the lung and often lung imaging is something that's very important in this staging process as we are in the information gathering stage. And part of that, the, the staging process is also what we call the grade of the tumor, which we'll get into shortly, but that is why we get the biopsy and what the biopsy is very helpful for. So the next question I would say is uh, Elise. So who, who would get a biopsy? Is anybody who has a tumor, do they, are they automatically signed up for a biopsy? Uh, how does that work?
1: Uh, yeah, and um, that's a good question. So not necessarily everyone who has a lump or bump or mass uh, will get a biopsy. There's certain situations where the imaging alone can be what we'd call diagnostic or pathic mnemonic. Um, or if say for example someone has an ankle injury and there's a lesion noted on this and then five years later that ankle is re-imaged again for some reason and that lesion is still in the bone but hasn't changed at all that's generally a very reassuring sign that that lesion is uh may be less concerning or less likely to be cancerous. And so a biopsy may not be necessary in that situation. Um, and then, so as I mentioned, there's other situations where the imaging or presentation is diagnostic. So uh, we'll, we'll go into some of these in future episodes, but there's some benign lesions that uh, there's, there's very characteristic signs. So a lipoma is probably what people hear about the most where it looks like fat on every sequence that you can get of an MRI. So there's ways that you can do the MRI and, um, and be able to highlight uh, different different things like the uh, fat or muscle or otherwise. And so if it looks like fat on, on every single sequence, then that's uh, generally reassuring that that's lipoma, as long as it's a certain size. So along the same lines, uh, generally tumors that are Larger and five centimeters is often the threshold that we talk about for soft tissue in particular. Um, Five centimeters is the cutoff for when a biopsy is typically recommended. And so tumors that are larger than five centimeters and also those that are deep within the bone or near neurovascular structures. So those are generally some of the criteria that we used in order to recommend when a biopsy is necessary. Actually, sort of along that size criteria, something that's sort of interesting is that in the UK they started uh, something where they were using the size of a golf ball as a reference, and that's right. commonly used in in uh, uh, the orthopedic community today in order to decide when a mass is worrisome enough in order to send to someone who may be an expert to uh, decide whether or not a biopsy is a good idea. Yeah. So, in the UK, they actually sent um sent golf balls out to some of the community doctors so that they could use that as a reference to know this is the size at which you should be thinking about getting this sampled and not just going ahead and getting it taken out without getting additional imaging so
0: yeah i mean i think you hit it all right on the head and i have a couple of things to say about that I mean, you know first you uh properly uh said uh, pathognomonic which i always struggle struggle uh, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you made it sound so easy. And then, uh, and yeah, the golf balls, you know, do you do you golf? I mean, is this, is
1: <laughs> yeah, I I don't golf. No? So, yeah, maybe we should oh. use something that, uh, more people are uh, yeah, accustomed uh, to. But, uh, <laughs> I, th-
0: I think generally what I gather from this is that you do a biopsy, um, when you're concerned that something might be malignant, all uh, right. Uh, exactly. Often. We would almost always do that. Uh, Sometimes it can be confirmatory for a benign disease, but for malignancies, uh, you always want to get that biopsy. And that leads us to the next thing, which would be the different types or methods or ways to perform a biopsy. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, so um, uh, would you uh, like to go ahead and talk about that a little more? I think the the two major types are you'd say percutaneous biopsy or through the skin or an open biopsy. So do you want to
0: yeah, go I into think the, some of
1: those a little more?
0: Right. I mean, that's, that's a good way to break it down is percutaneous versus open really. Um, you know, a biopsy is, you know, invasive. When I say invasive, you know, we are doing something to break the skin because you have to get into the tumor and you have to sample a piece of that tumor. Now, Depending on many various factors, how deep something is, how accessible it is, you know, versus, you know, how superficial it is. Those things go into account when you're thinking of getting a proper biopsy, because the main goal of a biopsy, like I said in uh, the beginning, is to get diagnostic tissue. Uh, So for the different percutaneous options that we have, uh, often we can do what's called a fine needle aspiration. This is uh, something that's done, it's less common for sarcomas uh, because a fine needle aspiration really is for, allows you to look at cellular morphology and cytology, but often because you aspirate with a needle... Um, you don't get the, the actual histology or how the cells are aligning with each other and causing issues. And so often the other two options of percutaneous methods are usually used, which are the needle core biopsies, so like a, what we call true cut biopsy, which can be performed in an office. Uh, or, you know, we, uh, had touched upon how, uh, radiologists can be very helpful and you can do image guided biopsies, whether it be using a CT scan to guide, if it's, um, if it's within bone, sometimes an ultrasound to guide the approach, uh, to get the biopsy. Now, in some situations, if adequate tissues is, uh, or more tissues needed to get an a diag- diagnosis, then we might consider an open biopsy or in areas that might be difficult to get to uh, for whatever reason. And if we do an open biopsy, uh, there can be different types of biopsies in this. Uh, most common one is an incisional biopsy. So you, we are making a small incision and you go in and sample a piece of the tumor versus an excisional biopsy, which can be done, especially when we think a mass is less likely to be uh, something malignant where you take out the whole tumor and uh, its entirety uh, at the time of this
1: biopsy. Right. Yeah, And I think something else that's important to consider too, is that the preference for biopsy may be different um, depending on the location because um, they all generally have a, a fairly high level of accuracy. Though there is, there is some literature that says, you know, open biopsy is generally going to have a greater level of uh, accuracy or success than a percutaneous biopsy. But there's also potential risks that go along with an open biopsy as well, um, which is the potent- higher potential for tissue contamination potentially. So there's a little bit of a trade off. And so I think there's some centers that are more likely to offer an open biopsy for whatever reason, and that mm-hmm. could be just not having the radiologists around who are as comfortable with some of the percutaneous techniques or what have you. But there could be a variety of reasons that go into this. So um, there's they're all they're all very valid uh, techniques, and they all have a certain l- level of error too. So nothing's a hundred percent accurate um, and nothing has a 100% guarantee of getting a uh, final diagnosis as well. Mm-hmm. Though it's generally higher with open than percutaneous.
0: Right. I mean, because when you sort of open, you are looking right at the tumor. You can take sample pieces and often you can do, you know, you can have what's, you know, called a frozen um, mm-hmm. specimen uh, and, and check for diagnostic tissue. Uh, prior to closing up your incision. And that's what, that's the benefit that open provides. There have been studies done comparing these. So there's sort of your needle or core biopsies, uh, being able to get more diagnostic tissue with open, it's, it wasn't anything that was statistically significant Mm -hmm. because often when, when your physician is recommending, uh, one or the other it's because they know that it's going to have a very high likelihood of success.
1: Right, right. All right,
0: And, and once we get this biopsy, at uh, least what, what happens after that? What, what are we looking for? What, or what is the process?
1: Yeah. And so you sort of mentioned this a little bit. But one of the, the goal, obviously, of a biopsy is to get diagnostic tissue. So in, in order to know exactly what this tumor is, most importantly, whether it's benign or malignant, uh, and number two, what how to subcategorize that even more and classify it and say exactly what it is. And uh, there's some diagnoses that may be especially challenging where uh, it, they may the pathologist may need to send the tissue to another center uh, for an additional opinion to confirm that it's what they think it is. Um, And especially in sarcomas, this can happen more often than probably with other kinds of biopsies just because of the rarity of this. But um, so essentially, again, we're looking for diagnostic tissue and um, there's some things that can be seen more easily on a biopsy uh, than others um, uh, in certain tissues that are more easy to look at under the microscope than others as well. So for example, for bone biopsies, the bone needs to be decalcified. So this adds some extra time to the process. Uh, So some biopsies, I'd say the quickest you're going to get results to a biopsy is maybe a couple of days for very easy to diagnose soft tissue tumors like a lipoma or something. But even still, that would be very fast. Some biopsies, you, it can take, you know, up to a, a week or even a, a month to get final results. Again, depending on how uh, how unique the, the tissue is and how difficult the diagnosis is to obtain. So this is going to be a little different place to place, but this can take some time and your, your surgeon or radiologist will give you some guidance as to what to expect for this process for patients who are listening.
0: Right, absolutely. And, and, and he, I think the key thing with this is, although a lot of the steps are always very important, important, I think having the proper diagnosis from this biopsy might be one of the most important steps because it sort of guides the discussion following this as we move forward on what happens afterwards. And so after sort of the steps after the biopsy, after you've uh, obtained the tissue specimen, it's been reviewed by the pathologist, more often than not, uh, it is then discussed in a multidisciplinary meeting, right? So whenever me as, uh, you know, as a pathologist oncologist, or at least when we, you know, are talking to a patient about, uh, you know, post biopsy, This is something that's often discussed with multiple different experts, all right? So in the multi-disciplinary meetings, uh, the pathology is reviewed and a bunch of experts weigh in on the best thoughts and and how to move forward. And that usually would include, depending on the diagnosis, uh, whether a patient would require a degree of radiation, where they require radiation before or after a procedure, when they would get a procedure, timing of that, if they would need chemotherapy, Uh, etc, etc. Anything to add to that, Elise?
1: I think the last thing I would add is just that, uh, again, there's not 100% success to uh, every biopsy. So there are some situations where a repeat biopsy may be recommended. Um, I would say not common, but um, it's It's something that happens depending on where the tumor is. Again, there's certain locations and certain tumors in particular where if there's not enough diagnostic tissue, they may need an additional sample. So a repeat biopsy may be necessary.
0: Absolutely. And in sort of the orthopedic oncology world, we know that and from previous research that biopsy is done at a referral center. Uh, There's more likelihood of success and not and having Sort of lesser complications or having to have a repeat biopsy if it's done somewhere with a specialist where they're used to doing this uh, more often. Once the pathologist does look at uh, the tissue uh, and they often would determine the grade, which we talked about earlier is very important with this for staging the, the tumor. What does this mean, uh, at least to, to someone with a tumor?
1: Yeah. So this is usually on a scale, uh, and the grading is a little different for different types of tumors. But in general, uh, to classify and simplify it, it can either be low grade or high grade or something in between, intermediate. Mm -hmm. And then there's sometimes different levels of this as well. But so what grading means essentially is how abnormal the cells look or how active the cells are so there's different terms that we use uh, in order to uh, talk about grading like the mitotic figures for example is one of the terms you might hear um, when determining grade but uh, essentially this is how how normal looking do the cells look under a microscope if they look pretty similar to normal cells, then that's generally going to be something that's low grade. But if these look like very abnormal cells, then that's going to be high grade. And generally this is uh, a predictor most of the time of, uh, unfortunately, how how difficult it is to treat this type of cancer. Um, And generally also is correlated with uh, potentially... Um, mortality and uh, risk of recurrence and so a lot of the time, but uh, there's different treatment options that'll be recommended as well based on the the type of grade also, and uh, so the more treatment or, or additional treatments like chemotherapy or radiation, you know, more of the adjunctive treatments may be recommended for the higher grade tumors.
0: No. Just one one more thing to add. I think when we get the tissue as part of the analysis and the grade, uh, oh, yeah. it, you know, a, a lot of pathology of pathology now. Maybe we should have a pathologist on at some point, as <laughs> really uh, they are able to also analyze uh, the the molec um, sort of molecularly these tumors, uh, and this is something that's sort of the future and really would be helping in terms of targeting uh, the, the tumors uh, even further uh, for. Very specific treatments, and the next thing I would say is, you know, if someone does have a biopsy, what what are some side effects or potential complications that could occur uh, from 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 biopsies?
1: Yeah. So, uh, of course, all the biopsies, uh, regardless of the type, do involve a sampling of the tissue. So, uh, pain shouldn't be unanticipated. And depending on the location and the type of biopsy done, this may be uh, more or less, but most of the time it's generally controllable with over-the-counter medications. Um, Your surgeon or interventional radiologist may have specific specific recommendations as to the kinds of uh, pain medications that they want you to use or avoid, but um, pain and swelling can be expected at the site. Oftentimes, it's safe to use ice um, with a layer between the ice and the skin to mm-hmm. uh, avoid injury to the skin, such as frostbite that can occur from leaving ice on for too long. But generally, that's okay to use for relief of pain and swelling. Um,
0: yeah. And, you know, some patients can have hematomas that form afterwards. I think it's probably more common in. Uh, people who use blood thinners, but some tumors can uh, have uh, hematoma formation afterwards. That's something generally that we want to uh, avoid, and um, as sort of as part of our tenets or or our biopsy techniques, are important things to to look for. I think hemostasis after the procedure is very important. So um, I'm just gonna go over some some of the I guess do's or don'ts. Uh, mostly the dues because uh, if you do them then you don't have to worry about <laughs> uh worry about too much but uh, really the important things are having a longitudinal incision uh, this is because generally when we have incisions this is for an open biopsy or even when you're doing a percutaneous biopsy you want it to be in an area that will be in line with your planned surgery um, that's the one important first important thing also you want to avoid neurovascular structures because if a diagnosis comes back as malignant or sarcoma and you'd be going back to operate, if you have contaminated uh, certain areas, those areas would have to be removed at the time of surgery in order to prevent the tumor from coming back. And so avoiding neurovascular structures at the time of the biopsy is very important. Staying within one compartment, we uh, touched, talked about it just a little bit, but in the, the different parts of the body, we have muscular compartments and you want to be within one of those. You do not want to cross compartments again, because when you do go back to do a surgery for a, a malignant uh, malignancy, you would be taking out those areas and you want to take out as little areas to cause as little morbidity as possible. So, right. Um, and, and then you want to achieve adequate hemostasis. So I will say longitudinal incision, um, avoid neurovascular structures, stay within a compartment uh, and adequate hemostasis, I think would be the um, main things uh, yeah. to, to do.
1: Yeah. And, and I think part of the reason for not crossing multiple compartments is that uh, for whatever reason, tumors often seem to respect the anatomic boundaries of the body. So a lot of times they stay within their the compartment in which they initiated. So if you violate that fascial plane or bone or whatever it may be that separates one compartment from another, then that's essentially an opening that the tumor can grow through into another area. So uh, that's, that's part of the reason for that. Um, and I think another thing to add on the same lines, and you mentioned this earlier, is again, if that uh, tumor you think may be malignant, then again, that biopsy generally is recommended to be done at a referral center, tertiary center, where the final treatment and excision can be done as well. And oftentimes that's because that uh, biopsy site or incision may be may need to be excised. Accept- as in the future, like you were saying, because it would be considered uh, contaminated. So I think you hit all those points very, very well.
0: Right. And and uh, just one thing to add as well is if if you happen to be in an area where there isn't a pro center nearby, it's definitely okay for you, your physician to biopsy it, uh, but it's usually more ideal if they discuss it with someone else who might be doing the definitive treatment uh, mm-hmm. and so that the the incision of the biopsy is in line with that final, um, final resection area.
1: Right. Uh, yeah. So, so I, th- I think, um, this is probably a good time to summarize some of the major points that we went through, uh, in today's episode, unless you have anything else to add at this mm-hmm. point.
0: Uh, I think we've, we've touched, touched upon everything pretty well. I would say probably i I'll, I'll I can pick a couple of points and you can can do a couple. Sure. I I think uh, I just touched upon the principles of the biopsy. I think those are key. You want to have adequate uh, hemostasis. You don't want any bleeding or formation of a hematoma afterwards. You want to avoid neurovascular structures and you want to stay within one compartment. Uh, And uh, I think that the biopsy that's planned should be a plan that will allow you to obtain diagnostic tissue because it's a very important step uh, in the process for the patients.
1: Yeah, and kind of uh, going back to some of the other points that we touched on today. So before a biopsy is performed, it's important to get cross-sectional imaging to have a good understanding of where the tumor is located, how big it is, what structures it's near, um, and uh, any additional sites that may be present, if any. Um, And then, of course, before obtaining a biopsy as well, we didn't really talk about this specifically, but uh, you want to have a differential diagnosis in mind. So based on the imaging and other uh, presentation characteristics, um, uh, you want to have a a list in mind of what is most likely uh, to be the result of that biopsy that you obtain.
0: Exactly. And with that, that brings us to a close of this episode. Uh, It is very important to note that every patient's case is unique and treatment for each diagnosis is dependent on a discussion with your team of physicians. If you would like more information, uh, check out the links as well as uh, that is attached to the episode description. And the next episode, we'll be discussing chondrosarcoma. All
1: right. I'm Elise Brinkman and
0: Uh, Izu eBay.
1: All right, thanks for joining us. Look forward to seeing everyone next time.